0: This episode is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. TrueLearn is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. Each TrueLearn practice question has detailed answer explanations and concise bottom lines for customizable studying. TrueLearn also has amazing USMLE smart banks as well as subscriptions for shelf or coma exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes I have for up to $35 off your subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first-line solution for excelling on exams. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson and this is Firstline. Here to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy. All while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Hello, everyone. This week, I want to talk about some of the important vitamins that your body needs and what happens when your body is deficient in these vitamins. I think it's something that your doctors probably learned briefly in medical school. I think the osteopathic medical curriculum focuses on this a little bit more than the MD curriculum, but on the whole I don't think they spend as much time going through the vitamins. So your doctor probably isn't an expert on it and also vitamin deficiencies are somewhat rare. Some of them are more common than others but it's not every day that your doctor is going to see people with a vitamin deficiency but it's important to be aware of the signs of vitamin deficiency and to make sure that either your diet covers all of these vitamins or that you take supplements like a multivitamin that has everything that you need. So this is just to understand, and this is just good for a general population for your own health, but also this might be really good review if you are in the healthcare field to be on the alert of some of these signs of nutrient deficiencies. So this week I'm going to go over vitamin A and vitamin Bs. And if this episode is helpful, I definitely can see myself in the future going through the rest of the vitamins and then maybe some minerals too. But B has a lot of different vitamins within that class of vitamin B, so there's a lot here. So vitamin A, vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin. This means that when you have a source of vitamin A, it really helps to also consume fat in the same meal or in the same sitting. So if you're taking a multivitamin that has vitamin A in it, and there's other fat-soluble vitamins too, like vitamin D, E, and K are fat soluble as well. And it helps to take that multivitamin during a meal where you have fat intake. So if you usually take your multivitamin first thing in the morning and for breakfast you usually have low-fat yogurt or you have oatmeal with skim milk, then your body's probably not absorbing as much vitamins as it is could. That's part of the reason why I prefer to take my multivitamin with my dinner, because I probably consume the most fat with dinner. Just make sure that you're aware that what you eat um, with your vitamins is optimizing your body's ability to absorb it. And so if you get your vitamin A from your diet, so if you're eating carrots, and other vegetables that are high in vitamin A, then you probably want to either cook with oil or consume other food with fat alongside that food that you're choosing. And so beta-carotene is usually the dietary source of vitamin A and beta-carotene is going to be found in your red and orange vegetables. So not just carrots, but um, anything red and orange. So when you hear to eat the rainbow, that is actually really important because you can basically know that you're getting all the vitamins if you eat all of these colorful foods. You'll see later that I talk about green foods too. But vitamin A is going to be red and orange foods. So let's talk about deficiency then. So A vitamin A deficiency is usually caused by not getting enough in your diet. And that's usually, you're going to find that with a lot of these vitamins overall, is most of them, you're going to be deficient in them because you're not getting enough in your diet. And also, with the fat-soluble vitamins, you have to worry about pancreatic insufficiency. So your pancreatic enzymes are required to be able to digest and absorb these fat-soluble vitamins. So that's why you see people with cystic fibrosis that causes pancreatic insufficiency. They often show signs of fat-soluble vitamin deficiency and vitamin A is one of these. But vitamin A deficiency can also be caused by any other type of malabsorption. Like I think of celiac disease as one of these. And then even when you have cholestatic liver disease, then your bile gets backed up so you're not able to absorb vitamin A as you should. So vitamin A deficiency can cause impaired night vision deficiency can cause something called squamous metaplasia. So, this basically means a disorganized overproduction of cells, and this can happen in your corneas of your eye, and this can also occur in your bronchi, in your lungs, which could predispose you to pneumonia. A vitamin A deficiency can also cause growth restriction in children when they're still growing. So that's why it's important to make sure that children, if they're not going to eat all their vegetables, that they have a multivitamin um, to help with providing those nutrients. And vitamin A deficiency can also predispose you to kidney stones. So just a little bit of an aside with uh, vitamin A. You might have heard of isotretinoin. So this is a vitamin A derivative that is used to treat cystic acne when used topically. It's also good to have vitamin A in your beauty products because topically vitamin A can prevent wrinkles. So when you see um, any kind of like under eye cream, it probably has vitamin A in it and for good reason too. And another interesting fact about vitamin A is that a derivative called all transbretinoic acid is actually used to treat acute promyelocytic leukemia. So that's just an interesting fact. And it can also be used to treat measles, which measles is one of those childhood illnesses that have largely been eradicated in the United States because of vaccines, but you might still see children unfortunately get measles if they're unvaccinated. So with vitamin A, since it is fat soluble, so your body can actually excrete excess vitamins way easier when they're water soluble because they can just come out in the urine. But with fat soluble, it's way easier to Kind of overdose on it and have too much of it in your body and this leads to toxicity and usually this is more common with isotretinoin use but it can occur if you're just taking too much supplements of it as well so the toxicity in the short term will cause nausea, vomiting, dizziness, and blurry vision and then chronic toxicity so you you're taking too much for a long period of time it can actually damage your liver and it can cause inflammation of your lips. So it can lead to like excess chapped lips essentially. It can also cause joint pain and balding and in the probably the worst case scenario it can cause intracranial hypertension which means that there's too much fluid in your in your brain and that can cause headache and vision issues so that is vitamin a and now i'm going to move through vitamin b's and starting with vitamin b1 which is also known as thiamine so thiamine deficiency it's actually pretty common it occurs mostly in people that have alcohol use disorder The thiamine deficiency is usually referred to as Wernicke encephalopathy. So encephalopathy means inflammation of the brain. So what this looks like symptom wise is that someone becomes very confused, like usually occurs with encephalopathy. They also have ataxia, which means uh, difficulty walking and they might even have uh, difficulty standing as well very much off balance. And then it also causes nystagmus, which means that your eye basically shakes and you can't really look straight ahead. And it shakes horizontally. So it shakes from like left to right. And then if it gets more severe, Wernicke encephalopathy can become something called Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome, which is characterized by irreversible memory loss. So very serious. And what is interesting about about this disease is that patients will have something called confabulation. They also have personality changes too. So that's definitely a serious consequence of a vitamin deficiency. And of course, you, you don't have to have alcohol use disorder to be deficient. Um, you can just not get enough in your diet too. But usually when we see it, It can very much occur with people with alcohol use disorder. And so another thing that thiamine deficiency can cause is something called wet beriberi. And this is basically characterized by dilated cardiomyopathy. So it's a heart disorder where um, your heart fails due to a volume overload. And this can cause swelling throughout your body. Thiamine deficiency can also cause something called dry beriberi, which is characterized by a a polyneuritis, which is inflammation of your nerves. And this leads to a glove and stocking effect where it, it affects especially your hands and your feet. It can also cause muscle weakness as well. So that is vitamin B1, also known as thiamine. So now moving on to, just going down the list, vitamin B2 is also known as riboflavin and riboflavin deficiency usually occurs with alcohol use disorder again. It can also occur with liver disease and any sort of malabsorption. So deficiency presents with inflammation of the mouth and of the lips, so it causes that chapped lips again and also inflammation of your tongue too. And it can also cause seborrheic dermatitis, which is this flaky type rash that that people will usually get on their face especially. And it can also cause anemia. Moving on to vitamin B3, also known as niacin. Niacin deficiency, like the other vitamins we've talked about, is especially common in alcohol use disorder but can also occur with malabsorption. Also kind of unique to it is that uh, deficiency often appears in something called heart disease which is a autosomal recessive disorder that affects a transporter protein and is characterized by ataxia or balance issues. And another cause of niacin deficiency is something called carcinoid syndrome, also rare that um, your body produces serotonin instead of niacin, so they're made from similar precursors. And so if you're having too much serotonin, then if the precursors are, so your building blocks are making more of the serotonin, then they're not available to make niacin. So your body does produce some of these vitamins itself, but it becomes more important for you to get it from your diet when your body is unable to produce as much. So you can also get deficiency from using a drug called isoniazid, which is classically used to treat tuberculosis. And um, tuberculosis isn't terribly common in the US, but you can imagine in other countries that uh, TB is more prevalent in that patients placed on isoniazid can have this deficiency and that it would be a little bit more widespread. But patients that take isoniazid are often placed on pyridoxine, which is another B vitamin that I'll mention. And that actually is a precursor to niacin. So that actually helps patients not become deficient in niacin. Okay, so what does niacin deficiency look like? Well, it causes something called pellagra. And pellagra is characterized by diarrhea, a rash, and and memory loss. And the rash that commonly appears is a rash along your collarbone. And it's also referred to as Casal's necklace because it looks like you're wearing a necklace. And then it can also, Cause inflammation of the tongue, like a lot of the B vitamins do, and also uh, peripheral neuropathy as well. So, you'll see that a lot of these B vitamins have very similar symptoms. um, So, it's sometimes hard to differentiate between them. So, that's why it's so important that if you have any of these signs or symptoms, you're looking into if you're getting these vitamins in your diet or if you're getting them through a supplement. Okay, vitamin B5. So this one, there's not too much to talk about, but this is the vitamin that is required for your body to make acetylcholine, which is a really important chemical in your body. It's also used for acetylation of histone proteins, and it's required to make corticosteroids. So corticosteroids are produced in your body in response to stress and it's kind of a misconception that people think that corticosteroids are bad because they're the stress hormone, right? Yes, it, it can be a bad sign that your body is in stress, but your body produces corticosteroids in order to have your body respond well to stress. So they're actually really important because if you don't have vitamin B5 that is required to make corticosteroids, then your body is stressed and, and needs to make a chemical to to combat that stress, but they're unable to. So your your body really is affected more by stress than it normally would. So vitamin B5, super important. Deficiency can cause alopecia, balding essentially. It can cause uh, dermatitis or rash, and it can cause enteritis as well, which is inflammation of the intestines. And another thing that it can cause is obviously adrenal insufficiency because your corticosteroids are made by the adrenal glands. So what the lack of corticosteroids looks like is basically um, Addison's disease. So you get very weak and fatigued, and so your body just cannot respond to stress. And vitamin B5 deficiency can also cause something called burning feet syndrome, which is exactly how it sounds. So that is vitamin B5. So now I'm moving on to vitamin B6. This is pyridoxine, which is a very important vitamin. It's required to make dopamine, serotonin, histamine, GABA, and melatonin. So these are probably things that you've heard before. These are super important chemicals that your body makes in order to send messages through your body, right? Especially with um, how your brain functions, right? So, causes of vitamin B6 deficiency can include isoniazid, like I mentioned, and then also penicillamine is also another drug that can cause deficiency. Hydralazine is a drug usually used for hypertension. It's usually only used in pregnant patients with hypertension these days because it is one of the few hypertensive medications that we know is safe during pregnancy. Also, oral contraceptive pills are associated with vitamin B6 deficiency, so that is one that is really surprising to me. So, vitamin B6 deficiency, how it shows up is inflammation of the mouth, of the lips, and of the tongue, like we see with a lot of these B vitamins. It can also cause irritability and confusion, and it causes anemia And it can also cause seborrheic dermatitis, which is that flaky rash that I mentioned. And it can also, in some cases, cause seizures too, because of the effect on so many of these neurotransmitters. And you can also, with vitamin B6, this is pretty rare, but you can have toxicity or too much vitamin B6. And this can cause peripheral neuropathy, so disease of the nerves especially in your hands and feet. It can cause photosensitivity as well, so that means that your skin is extra sensitive to the sun. Moving on to vitamin B7. So this is one that I know you've heard before. Vitamin B7 is also known as biotin, and biotin deficiency can cause muscle aches, alopecia, and perioral dermatitis, so a rash around your lips. can also cause Enteritis or inflammation of your intestines, which enteritis can then cause decreased appetite and diarrhea. So these are often the signs of uh, a biotin deficiency. It can also cause neuropsychiatric issues like seizures, for example, and also hypotonia, which just means decreased muscle tone. So an interesting thing about biotin is that deficiency is commonly associated with consuming raw egg whites. And the reason for this is because raw egg whites have something called avidin in it. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it is a protein that can bind to biotin and prevent it from being absorbed by the body. But when you cook egg whites, it denatures the avidin and then biotin can be absorbed fine. So if you needed another reason why not to eat raw egg whites, this is it. Okay, moving on to vitamin B9, also known as folate. This is the vitamin that is highly recommended to supplement when you're pregnant or trying to become pregnant, but really should be supplemented in all females of reproductive age. Folate supplementation has decreased the rate of neural tube defects in the United States drastically. So folate actually, the the number one dietary source is from green leafy vegetables. So your spinach, your kale, things like that. And yes, a lot of things are supplemented with folate now, which is really nice. And Folate is absorbed in the jejunum, which is a portion of your small intestines, so if you have any sort of deficiencies in absorption, then you might have problems with getting folate from your diet. Other reasons why someone might be folate deficient could be uh, alcohol use disorder, and also, methotrexate use has been associated with folate deficiency. And this is why patients cannot take methotrexate while pregnant or trying to become pregnant because of the devastating effects that it has through folate. So methotrexate is usually used for rheumatoid arthritis, but a few other autoimmune disorders as well, but usually rheumatoid arthritis. And another drug that interferes with folate is phenytoin which is used for seizure disorders like epilepsy. It can also be used as an antiarrhythmic, but that is less common, usually it's used for epilepsy. Another drug that is associated with vitamin B9 or folate deficiency is Bactrim, also known as trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. Um, And this is an antibiotic that can be used for UTIs and um, prostatitis. And folate deficiency causes tongue inflammation and it can also cause megaloblastic anemia. So that was folate or vitamin B9. Next up is kind of one that is often linked to vitamin B9. They have a similar overlap and you'll see why, but vitamin B12 is also referred to as cobalamin. Cobalamin is Really important for making DNA and also myelin, which is um, important with muscle. A deficiency in vitamin B twelve also causes macrocytic megaloblastic anemia because it interferes with the with the same chemical reactions that folate does. So deficiency also causes uh, glossitis or inflammation of the tongue, and it causes reversible dementia so it can lead to some some confusion and memory loss um, that can be resolved once vitamin b12 is incorporated back into the diet or in supplement form and vitamin b12 classically causes something called subacute combined degeneration and really this just means that you lose Some of your sensation senses, so this will be uh, your touch sensation and your proprioception, which is uh, your awareness of your body in space, and also vibration sense, so you won't be able to sense vibration. And also, um, this subacute combined degeneration leads to peripheral neuropathy, like a lot of these B vitamins do, and also it causes hyperreflexia, which means that your reflexes are heightened and it also causes ataxia, so difficulty walking due to balance issues. People that are more likely to have deficiency is people that have something called pernicious anemia, which means that they don't have intrinsic factor in their intestines, and that is really important for them to absorb vitamin B12. Also, anyone following a strict vegan diet is highly susceptible to vitamin b12 deficiency unless they are very cognizant about supplementing it because yeah a lot of these vitamins that i go through i keep saying yeah get them from vegetables but vitamin b12 is actually the source of it is from animal products so it doesn't have to be from meat So, like dairy products and eggs will also have vitamin b12 so that's why vegetarians are not as likely to be vitamin B12 deficient, but vegans are definitely predisposed to this deficiency. So another cause of vitamin B12 deficiency is from not having enough gastric acid in your stomach. And so anything, any medications that interfere with that, so proton pump inhibitors and histamine blockers, H2 blockers that are used to treat things like Uh, GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease, that can interfere with B12 uh, absorption. And then pancreatic insufficiency can also cause deficiency like it can with a lot of these vitamins because of your pancreas not producing the pancreatic enzymes that help with digestion. And if you have a history of any abdominal surgeries, especially a surgical resection, that can cause vitamin B12 deficiency because vitamin B12 is absorbed in the terminal ileum, which is part of your small intestine. Then if you have inflammatory conditions of the GI tract, so I'm I'm thinking about inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's disease, and then also celiac disease, that can cause vitamin B12 deficiency as well. And then of course, You're probably expecting this. Alcohol use disorder can cause vitamin B12 deficiency. And another one that's interesting is metformin. So metformin is a drug used in diabetes type 2 that is the first line drug. So patients that are newly diagnosed with diabetes. If they're recommended anything in addition to lifestyle change, they're probably recommended to take metformin because metformin, um, is also associated with weight loss, which a lot of type 2 diabetics are overweight or obese. So metformin is really useful for, for both fronts. It increases your insulin sensitivity because diabetes type 2 is caused by insulin insensitivity. So um, metformin is a great drug to use, but unfortunately can cause vitamin B12 deficiency. Thank you so much for listening again i'm on instagram at first line podcast also on facebook facebook.com slash first podcast you can reach out for any questions comments suggestions feedback i'd love to hear from you thanks again